This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. This is Afternoons with Helen Farmer on the UAE's number one talk radio station, Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. Fantastic to have you with us on the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. We were reporting live from Roxy Cinemas and had a little bit of festive fun on the film front with Kevin Sebastian and talking friendship as well with the co-founders of Women Who Thrive. Is loneliness on the rise and how can you create some meaningful relationships right here in a transient city? Plus, it was our legal clinic, Ludmilla Malaba, outlining exactly what you need on the legal front and it turned into a bit of a family law special. What we need to know about that new federal family law that comes into play in March and the impact it might have on your current divorce proceedings. Talking friendship this hour and we all have very different attitudes towards friendship, different dynamics in our lives and sometimes friends for reasons and seasons. Um, some be formed in high school. I just spent some time in Portugal over the summer with my best friends who I've been mates with since I was 12. Some are friends that are coming to our life in our 30s, 40s, 50s, older. But uh, we'd love to hear your friendship stories and indeed if you've got any concerns about it. Because today we've got a chase and we've got Sue joining us from Women Who Thrive talking about how to build lasting friendships and why they are so important. And Sue, I literally spoke to a psychologist this morning about the most pressing mental health issues facing Dubai residents right now. And she listed, as you'd expect, stress, yep. <laughs> anxiety, depression um, but says actually people struggling to deal with loneliness is what's coming into clinic time and time again does that surprise you not at all um, we speak to so many different women at so many different events um, who all come with the same story that you know they've got friends to do certain things with um, going out and doing the hike or going out and doing different activities for a cinema but somehow when the weekend's over and they start their week they find themselves still lonely because they haven't connected on a level where they found their person as such and that's what a lot of people are struggling with i think i think that is um probably a far more common feeling than a lot of people would admit to anyone or perhaps even to themselves and i i was really lucky here i made some really really close friends like best friends friends for life and we're in a transient city it's amazing when i think about my best friends they're not in dubai anymore Yeah. yeah you know I voice note my best mate like five times a week. I get the what I call the Rachel Chesser podcast and she sends me like an <laughs> 11 minute voice note. She's the only one I'll let do it. And then my friend Charlie, who's back in the UK. And I feel really lucky that I've got them to have honest conversations. But they're not in Dubai. Yeah. Mm. You know, and like you say, I've got great friends that, you know, I have lovely weekends away with and very, you know, honest and open conversations. But I, I think that kind of my person thing is... Yeah. Is, is really, really key. And I think what's what it is as well with Dubai, a lot of people, we do build that connection and we do find that person and they do end up moving. Mm-hmm. And it's having it's, it's, to... It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And having to go and build another relationship with someone else or finding your tribe as such is makes it harder as well. I have perhaps in the past met someone and they go, well, we're going to leave next year. And I've kind of said half joking, well, I'm not going to invest in you then. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do we know about, about the importance of friendship when it comes to our mental health, Chisa? What do we know about how important friendships are for our own mental health? I I can't even stress enough how important it is because you make up your own stories of everything in life in your own mind and you can go round and round and round and you can literally send yourself into 
depression or you can send yourself and, and be really happy depending on what the narrative is in your head and if you don't have a trustworthy friend or someone that you can be sensitive around how can you let out these thoughts that are just racing round and round and just making you spiral it's mm -hmm. so important to be able to just release what's inside your mind so that it's out and everyone knows when you talk it helps you to understand what's happening in your in your brain feeling Absolutely. fulfilled and kind of just being your authentic self and I being suppose. vulnerable exactly but that's so so difficult yeah. tell us a little bit about what you were aiming to do with women who thrive when you when you set up Sue, because a lot of this came from a lot of women saying do you know what i haven't found my tribe so I, it came, in my own experience in Dubai, it's come from my own experience and then I thought I was the only one and then speaking to more women and I was like, I'm not the only one. And with Women Who Thrive, we want to show that, you know, that there is a way of bringing you together and all of us are having the same thoughts. We're all having the same feelings. We just need to speak. Mm. It's like we're so scared of having that initial conversation to say you know what I need someone to talk to or I'm feeling lonely and there's nothing shameless that you don't need to be ashamed of no, it not at all and I think that's what with women who thrive it's a narrative that we're pushing you know our events we have different themed events so we can bring women together so they've got at least a base common base within that whatever that event there's always going to be a talking point exactly that, yeah, isn't that the scariest thing like I don't know what I'm going to talk to yeah. this person about exactly and that's what we're trying to kind of say you know you might not know anyone but here for a reason because you have an interest in that topic mm -hmm. and that's something you can start talking about. What have you done in the past in terms of topics or themes or events that have brought people together with that common idea or passion? So we try and work on the kind of wellness wheel of different wellness topics so nutritional wellness, mental wellness, we've done makeup tutorials, we've done what else have we done Chessa? So much. Financial. Financial yep so we've done different that's aspects of really finance. Really interesting one. Yeah and we're also we've also done different taboo women subjects so at the moment I'm going through egg freezing and it's something that a lot of women don't know about or don't talk about or, or have an awful lot of questions about exactly yeah. and that's something that we're bringing to the forefront to talk about and say it's okay to talk about it you mm -hmm. know we're women we're talking friendships on the show today and it's a bit of an emotional one I always think because I feel like female friendships have been held up in media and social media as, you know, my sisters and, you know, Carrie and the girls. And unfortunately, not everybody. In fact, I'd say very, it all starts to come out, which is exactly why Women with Th Who Thrive was formed. We've got Chaser and we've got uh, Sue with us today talking about building lasting friendships, which is something that's really integral to what you do. Um, I wanted to ask you, Sue, about the demographic of Women Who Thrive, because we were talking earlier about the topics that you're tackling, some of the activities you've been doing. But... Is there a typical woman that might come through your doors or reach out to you? Um, we are open to all women because we want to make sure that all women have a voice, all women have a safe space to come to. So we're all open to all. And between myself and Achasa, we have 10 years between us. Mm -hmm. And I think the eye-opener is everyone's like, oh, I get a lot of women my age in their 40s who are like, oh, I'm 40 and finding it hard to make connections. Well, age isn't anything but a number and I will stick to that. I Achasa's... 29 and she teaches me a lot every day and I'm still learning from her and Aww. vice versa big, so big smile there <laughs> no but I think that's absolutely right one of my kind of best I don't say most successful friendships when I look back I'm like god I'm so happy I met her mm. was exactly that she was in the late 50s and I'm gutted that Binny left she was one of my favorite people in Dubai and mm. I feel like I said earlier you know friends for seasons and reasons but I feel like through different friendships you can have completely different experiences absolutely. of 100%. the city you can learn something about yourself 
Um, I wanted to go to the text line, which is actually exactly what you what you messaged there. Deed says, I'm over 40, married kids, but basically have no female friends, nor have I been able to maintain them. I'm fully aware the common denominator in all of this is me. I've had some fairly rough life experiences that have given me what I know is a bit of an odd outlook on life, and I always feel like an outsider when I talk to other women. If I do talk about the things that's happened to me, I've always left regretting it. What would you say to this lady? I think it's always about taking one step at a time. Um, sometimes when you hold everything in, you end up blurting everything out mm. at once. And if you just take small steps, so if there are events that you're interested in that we're doing, topics or hobbies, it's about coming to those and just starting off slowly and talking about that topic and building your friendship on there and slowly letting someone in. Because we do put so much pressure on ourselves and on friendships or... And it's a bit like dating. Maybe she'll be the one. Maybe this. T- maybe tonight, yeah. tonight, I'm going to meet somebody. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. It's, a, it's something that we put a lot of pressure on and we're, we jump in without thinking sometimes and it's, mm. it doesn't have to be that stressful mm. at all. And we talk about being open and honest and vulnerable, but I think there's steps to that. It's not Absolutely. about telling all your deepest, darkest secrets and everything that's happened to you all at once. You can overwhelm another person and you don't know what they've been through you know Mm -hmm. so it's about building that relationship slowly and and slowly you can open up more and that way you hopefully won't open up too much to the wrong person Mm -hmm. talking about the wrong person Chasa when we think about the word toxic has become like very you know common vernacular and it's often used in in relationships romantic relationships but I think it's absolutely valid in friendships as well when do you think you should walk away from a friendship when do you think it's time to go do you know what this isn't working for me because it's like a breakup it is like a breakup I think first of all you have to really evaluate situations because sometimes you're the toxic one mm-hmm. you know so it's about understanding how you are coming across to to make sure that um, a person is reciprocating or not just kind of deflecting your out, outward behavior you know um, I think a lot of the time we're easy to blame another person you're the toxic one when actually maybe I'm going through something so the way I'm projecting I'm actually projecting onto you so mm-hmm. you're just giving me back my behaviors and now I don't like it you don't like a taste of your own medicine you know mm-hmm. um, but I think it's really important to just see the whole situation and maybe change your stance before completely walking away it's it's, it's it is really emotional. It really is. And when, when women are coming to you, and I'm completely guessing here, um, is it a case of them going, I've tried everything else? You know, where and, and how can you kind of hold their hand through, through, through this? And, and what kind of friendships have you seen blossom in the group? Because that must be really meaningful to see that happen. That's the thing that keeps us going. Mm-hmm. Um, since the de- first time that we had our first event for Women Who Thrive, we've had women come up to us and we've said business connections, um, women who've connected on a business level. We've seen, yeah, which um, they've collaborated and then become friends through that. Because networking doesn't have to happen at a business networking event. Exactly. exactly. Which no. again is a massive source of social anxiety for exactly. an awful lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we've seen um, we've seen so many different friendship groups that people who like heart, oh, I would have never thought or I've never thought uh, met someone from this background or who's mm. come from this kind of area and now we're like really close and I've seen people go on holiday together mm. and yeah it's really it's been so it's so so magical to watch and that's what keeps us going um, message from Kirsty here saying um, 
which is exactly what I was about to ask, so Kirsty, thank you. Um, what, do you have any events coming up next? How to join? All of that stuff. So can I ask you to... Sure. We have three main big events that I want to let everyone know about. So the first one, seen as we're talking about friendship, as of next year, we will be starting every month a free speed friending event. Love it. So think speed dating, but it's speed friending. It will be for ladies only. Um, and the first one will be on Galentine, so Valentine. <laughs> so if you're single, even if you're not single and the other half is annoying you, mm-hmm. come down to <laughs> speed. Come down to speed friending. Make sure you're following Women Who Thrive. All the details will be on there. So make sure you're following Love for location. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We did our first one, Galentine's, this year. Um, and that was it so was much fun. It was uh, so fun. And now we're going to pick it up and do a monthly one. So please look out for that. Um, we have also got a retreat coming up, a half-day retreat. Uh, we are collabing with the beautiful Kelly Hodgkin um, to do a, what's it? I always forget the name, if you've got it as well, uh, Get and Check, I think it is, Get and Check. Reality Check. Reality Check. check. <laughs> um, and that will be a day where we reflect on the year that we've just had, go into the new year, talk about our goals. There will be a ice bath, there'll be workouts, breakfast. Um, sound healing. Yeah, sound, sound healing. Vision boards. Mm. Making vision board for the year, setting out our goals. That will be February the 9th. Not, sorry, not just setting out your goals, but understanding how to actually achieve them. Because mm. a lot of the time we talk about manifesting or, yeah, what's your goal? But how are you going to achieve that what goal? What steps needed? Exactly. exactly. So that will be another great event to network at. And then our big event, which is on International Women's Day, um, is, our, is our Women's Gala. So where we will be awarding women all over Dubai for their... Yeah thriving work that they've been doing within their communities are voting i think the voting lines the voting forms will be out um on our instagram by the end of next week week. yeah all Um, for nominating so this is for nominating for each award and that will close at the end of january and then from the end of january you'll be able to vote for a person to win so all the awards are literally community based so we want to hear from women so if you have someone in your community who's thriving please look out for the form and let us know about them Uh, we want to know about them the Instagram for anyone who wants it is women.whothrive and if you want the link to that by all means drop a little message but they've got full link tree on there for getting involved I love the idea of speed friendship dating (laughs) I mean what I'd also like to say is friendship can turn up in all sorts of unexpected places and I know we talk about we're in an age of you know social media and disconnection i've met some really really genuinely lovely people who have just who i've just got chatting with through social media and who've become real friends so it doesn't have to happen in you know face to face and in real life sometimes it can just be a case of actually do you know what i really enjoyed that exchange and you know would it be weird to ask you out for a coffee? Yeah. Not at all. We have um, a Make Connections area in our membership where you can literally meet people online and message them on Instagram. And we have people meeting on our Facebook group as well all the time, helping each other. So there's so many different oh, ways. Chessa Sue, thank you so much. Joining us, probably one of Dubai's busiest women, Ludmilla Malava. We've stolen her away from her practice there at HPL Malava and Pluka for an hour to answer my questions, but most importantly, your questions. Ludmilla, great to have you with us. We're going to get straight to the headlines. A couple of things we'd like to address before we go to already a very busy text line. New federal family law. What's it all about? What do we need to know? And how is it going to affect us? A great new source of law. It applies to, it's basically a personal, it's a personal status law and it applies to non-Muslim individuals and families and couples. 
so in particular, it uh, would um, apply to anyone who wants to get married in the UAE uh, or get divorced or even for inheritance purposes. And so unlike um, previously, whenever a couple would want to get divorced, for example, they would apply to a personal status court. And by default, the application of law would be the UAE personal status law, which is based on principles of Sharia. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, this specific law uh, sets out ultimate civil procedure, civil law for non-Muslim couples in the case of any one of these uh, personal circumstances or uh, such as divorces, marriages or inheritance. Uh, so it's huge. It's huge because we've never had anything like this in the UAE except in Abu Dhabi. And mm -hmm. we've talked about the Abu Dhabi civil marriages and its effects law on this program in the past. And so this new law, which is the Federal Decree Law Number 41 of 2021 on civil personal status matters is a federal law. So previously Abu Dhabi had its own law that ultimately introduced this brand new, very novel concept of applying civil law to basically civil marriages and civil um, and, and its effects law for just Abu Dhabi citizens or residents, and now, um, and now we've got it at a federal level. So am I right in hopefully thinking this is going to make things faster, cheaper, easier? And let's use a divorce as, as an example there. Is this going to be the case where there might need to be perhaps no blame assigned? Things could just go through a lot more smoothly. Exactly. Bingo. So the, uh, one of the most relevant parts for, for I guess, again, non-Muslim couples would be that there is no um, there's no need. There's basically both couples have uh, have their equal right to divorce. There's no there's no re requirement of having fault divorce, for example, or for one spouse having a stronger right for for divorce than the other side, the other spouse. So here it's equal rights for divorce. Um, and there's no reason for, there's no requirement of a fault or for a divorce to be at fault or for any other reason. Either party can divorce at any point in time for any reason with uh, no um, uh, no penalties. Furthermore, with regards to custody, and um, I guess in, in, in under Sharia, you have two concepts, custody and guardianship. In civil law, <clears throat> there is no such thing. There's just basically custody and guardianship, and one is the same. And so under this law, uh, uh, parents will have 50-50 rights. Uh, for custody over their children. So there's no more the custody resides with the mother and guardianship with the father, and then the custody transfers a certain age of the kids back to the father. Here, the parents will have equal right over the children uh, unless they agree otherwise, for what, example. What about alimony? Has there been any reference to that? Uh, so this specific law sets out a, a general framework, and it also uh, refers to regulations to be uh, implemented later. Uh, so the, the current version of the law, the current law, the main law, does not uh, specifically uh, talk about alimony. And there is a provision, however, that indicates that the alimony will only be paid one way, and that is to the wife or the ex-wife, and not by wife to the ex-husband. Um, so uh, so there is, you know, we, we know that, that the alimony would only be uh, um, eligible for a woman to receive, not for a man. Uh, but in terms of how it's going to be calculated, that will be defined in the executive regulations, will be, which will be introduced uh, at a later point. And recognition of civil marriage, Liz Miller, this seems to be a big one as well. And um, we've had a question going, when is this coming into effect? So when are we going to have this UAE-wide federal law? It, it will come into effect February 2023, so two months from now. 
and it will apply to all relationships, be it marriages or divorces for that matter, that will take place uh, after the law comes into effect. So, for example, if you have an ongoing divorce case uh, and come February when this new law comes into effect, uh, the, the the current ongoing divorce case will not be affected by that law in you know in February. Uh, so it will only apply to divorces or marriages that will be filed uh, after February 2023. Ludmila Malova with us. If you want any clarification on what we've just been discussing, that new federal family law coming into effect February next year, by all means, do reach out, whether it is marriage or divorce, custody or, or inheritance. And inheritance. OK, we'll come back to that if anyone's got any questions. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. Familiar Oliver with us today. We've just been discussing the new family federal law coming to play in February. A number of follow-up messages for that. Lou Miller, we're also going to be looking behind the headlines and, of course, going to the text line. Great to have you with us. Um, a message here on 4001, Lou Miller, saying, will this new law aid in creating wills? That's from Ray. So this isn't coming into effect until February. We've been talking about um, changes in divorce and changes in marriage. But what about what about inheritance? What do we know there? It's a great question, in fact, and yes, it will. Uh, and it, uh, ultimately, uh, the regime for wills for non-Muslim experts has existed for quite a few years in in, the, in Dubai, in particular. But it's been primarily restricted to the DIFC, and it's and it's because there wasn't a federal law that allowed for non-Muslim experts to have a will and have the certainty that that will would be enforced. Now, and, and the DIFC in the meantime, since it's a separate jurisdiction, was able to carve out its own law uh, that would support that kind of uh, mechanism. Uh, whereas with this new law now, it opens up uh, the full, uh, fe- at the federal level, it opens up many other options, not just in the DIFC, but in in the mainland Dubai and all other Emirates. Uh, so, uh, and for sure, uh, now we do not need necessarily a specific uh, a specific DIFC system to have the assurance that whatever will you have in place will actually be enforced and not just registered. Uh, and with that, we anticipate that more uh, will registry will appear uh, across the UAE because the law does refer to an actual registry. So it's not like you and I can uh, draft a will and and um, and put it under a pillow and it will be enforced, which is the case in many other countries. So you still need to have the will registered, but it needs, but it can be in many other jurisdictions other than just the DIFC. So anticipate more registries will pop up and okay. and it will be a lot more cheaper. Uh, to uh, to do uh, wills because one of the um, cons- concerns about the DFC has been that it's quite expensive. And Lou Miller, a follow-up question here asking, how does the new law impact divorce agreements that are already in place? Could they be revisited? Really interesting point. I think a lot of people have thought, actually, if I just hang on a few more months, but already have set those wheels in motion. A great question. So the law comes into effect in March. Um, it's been published, but it actually comes into effect in March into all relationships uh, uh, that uh, will fall under its jurisdiction from that point onward. Uh, so in other words, if, you, um, if you've been married, if you're married now, but you won't get divorced uh, after March, then yes, that law will apply. Uh, and um, uh, but anything, if if you, uh, uh, for example, apply for divorce proceedings prior to that law coming to effect, and uh, those proceedings are still ongoing at the time the law uh, has uh, come into effect, it, it will not affect it anymore. So it really needs to be after any kind of inheritance or will, for example.
example, or, or a divorce have to be after the law has come into effect at that point in time, which is in March. Okay, thanks, Ludmilla. Um, going to the text line. Uh, Master Chair saying, we have a friend looking to move to Dubai from the UK on an employment visa. His girlfriend also wants to move but hasn't secured a job yet. What kind of visa could she come on? And can someone sponsor a partner if they're not married? Um, we have some, some new visas uh, brought into play that could be of use in this situation. What would you say to this listener? So there's a number of options depending on what um, uh, what kind of uh, industry uh, she is in. Uh, so there's a specific visa, it's called the Job Seekers Visa, uh, and that visa allows you to come into the country and look for a job uh, for uh, for 90 days and it can be extendable. Uh, so that's a Job Seekers Visa. There's also a visa, like a probation visa. So for example, if um, uh, there's a temporary job that she might have secured in the meantime and she can come on the probation visa. And with regards to the sponsorship, uh, there are there's a family and friends uh, visa. Uh, so um, there's the couple that um, they are, that sent the question. Uh, so if he has a residency in the UAE, then he would be able to apply for uh, for visa for her on the uh, as a family and friends visa. However, on that visa, she will not be able to work, uh, but she certainly can start looking for a job. Okay, that's hugely helpful. Thank you for that. Um, let's go to some of the headlines or some clarification, really. Advertising on social media platforms, the things that people need to keep in mind, whether they are indeed a big business working with an agency or indeed a small business who is taking care of their marketing themselves. Are there any perhaps surprises, anything we need to be aware of? A lot of people, of course, amping up their marketing push in the run up to the holidays. The, the advertising law is actually quite extensive and um, quite uh, comprehensive, and there are different types of laws that comprise, if you will, the advertising uh, framework or legal framework. Uh, so there is a specific advertising law, and then there is, uh, and then there is also the, uh, various as aspects of the cyber law or the cybercrime law. Uh, there's certain aspects of the UAE Penal Code, uh, and or I guess crime and punishment law as it is known now. Uh, now, and so. Um, with regards to perhaps not so much surprises for those who have lived in the UAE for long enough, uh, but rather important caveats uh, that are quite uh, uh, over in, or, or, or all-encompassing are that whatever you, you put out on advertising, it must not contradict or be against the public morals or public policy or against public interest. Uh, and uh, which which is is quite all encompassing because if you uh, this is where the crime and punishment law comes in or the criminal law uh, because anything for example that uh, invades somebody's privacy um, so that would be against the law and that's against the uh, criminal law uh, so in terms of content or anything for example that's uh, that's offensive to someone again that would be against uh, the criminal law so therefore illegal. Uh, and then anything that, for example, uh, tailors to specific age categories uh, that is not allowed uh, or any anything related to specific products, so for example, alcohol or smoking uh, and so on and so forth. So there is a, the, the, perhaps the most important law in this sense to keep in mind for those who are not familiar or, or about to go into the advertising is the UAE crime and punishment law and the cybercrime law because they set out the parameters in terms of what kind of content uh, can be shared on um, on public um, uh, ways uh, and, um, and and what content is regulated and how it's regulated. Uh, 
so and then with regards and then and then once you start zeroing in uh, then when you go to um, specific for example forms of advertising where on which billboards can you do it on billboards can you do it for example in public uh, buildings or can it be uh, around schools and so on and so forth there's specific laws that relate to specific types of perhaps physical uh, type of advertising uh, and um, uh, so, so there's that specific law. So it's a quite, quite comprehensive, but uh, uh, very robust. Hugely helpful, Ludmilla. Thank you for that. And, but if anyone does have any specific questions relating to that, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We are very much here for you over the course of the afternoon and taking your legal questions and queries. It's Ludmilla Malavert joining us live. Um, a message here from Janine Ludmilla saying, I'm in full-time employment and want to start a side hustle as an influencer. Do I need to get permission from my company? They provide and pay for my visa, but this wouldn't be a conflict of interest in terms of industry. Thank you. What does Janine and indeed anyone else looking to start a side hustle, whether it is a writer, an influencer, their own business, need to know if they are in full-time employee? Well, there's two aspects to it. One is to what extent they are starting to join the new business. And in other words, is the new business actually a formed legal entity already and you're officially working for them? Or is it just in a start a startup mode and you're just setting up and testing the waters? Um, that's that's one. And that's on the legal front. And on the contractual front of things, it depends on whether the company may have its own internal policies uh, regulating the employee's ability to or or, or rights uh, to either work for someone else or start up a business. Uh, so on the first front, on the legal front, it, it is now the laws have become a lot more flexible, allowing people to work part time and on a contract type basis uh, and will, uh, work multiple jobs at the same time uh, legally. Uh, however, uh, to, to do this, for example, if you are working for another entity, you need to be registered uh, by the relevant uh, governing authority at that entity. For example, if you're working in a free zone and now you're, now you're doing some kind of uh, part-time advertising services for someone on the mainland, so you need to be registered with MOHRE uh, to, do it, uh, to do it legally. Uh, and that's what I meant earlier when I said that it's um, it depends on what stages that business is in. So if you're just starting out and testing the waters, trying to see whether you, in fact you have a viable business model, uh, and you're kind of, and you're just doing it for yourself, uh, and it does not really conflict with the company, uh, your current company, then for for the time being at least, there are no legal. Uh, impediments uh, to to doing it but once you start for example signing up clients accepting money advertising on a more public scale uh, you will ultimately need to have a legal entity uh, formed for that uh, and therefore at some point in time there may be a need to be registered with the relevant authority wherever you're regulating in addition uh, to um, your current setup and at that point in time uh, there may be uh, at least um, a dialogue that needs to happen with the company, uh, whether that uh, so, so that they are aware of it, and whether they need to uh, uh, do not so much uh, to give the NOC because that that requirement is no longer there, but rather that uh, you the business will need to be or your relationship with a new company has to be registered with the, the other authority where you work. And now, uh, but the, but it, what is important to understand, and I I, I would anticipate we'll see more of this is the companies may have while the law is more flexible, companies may start in, introducing more regulation 
regulations limiting employees' ability to go and set up their own businesses on the side without notifying the company. So it's more, it's less about prohibiting them from doing it, but rather for uh, having some kind of form of disclosure so that the company is aware uh, whether employees is working two jobs at the same time and therefore can make uh, relevant accommodations for that. Uh, so it is important for employees who are thinking ahead is to review their employment contracts to see if there may be some sort of restrictions, if not by law, at least by contract. Thanks, Ludmilla. Really hope that helps anyone who is weighing that up. But yeah, as you say, working two jobs, no joke. Um, let's, let's go back to divorce because a number of people are looking for clarity. Um, message here, Anonymous, saying, my wife had paid and completely cleared my credit card and loan by topping up her loan six or seven years ago. Um, she suggested this because she gets an interest-free loan as a bank employee versus my idea of going on installments. We're not in a bad situation relationship-wise, but today when filing for divorce, she's saying she can claim the same. We made a family decision together. Am I liable to pay? And then a follow-up message asking, um, as per the new law, how is alimony child support looked at or calculated? Can you break that down for us? Yes. So there is two sides to it. One is the new law sets out the framework for custody. Uh, and with regards to alimony, it's, uh, there will be f- further regulations that will be issued between now and March that will set up perhaps more specific uh, formulas uh, for how alimony will be, um, uh, will be distributed. Uh, in the meantime, as, as far as custody is concerned, it is 50-50. So there is no difference between custody and guardianship, as, uh, as is the case under Sharia law. Uh, or under the principal Sharia, uh, so it was just just one kind of relationship, which is what's more customary in the West, and so and, custo- and that custody will be uh, shared 50-50. With regards to the alimony, uh, uh, the current law just sets out a general framework that men and and women basically are treated as equals, uh, and therefore all the um, the divisions of their assets and their interests will be divided with that principle in mind. Uh, if they had any prior agreements, for example, either prenups or postnups or even as the listener in this particular case mentioned that they even if they had an internal agreement these agreements will be uh, will will now be be enforced to an extent that they're enforceable uh, and will be relied on and with regards to the specific perhaps formula let's in particular if, if the mother or the wife does not work uh, how her alimony moving forward will be uh, will be calculated uh, we'll need to wait to see when the regulations have passed to have a little more specific um, uh, framework. Thanks, Liv Miller. Um, yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's a really interesting time in terms of how this is all going to play out. Um, and again, this message, a message asking about can a divorce agreement be changed when the new law is implemented in 2023? Um, in, a, in a nutshell, what, what would you say to anyone who is currently going through that and, and weighing up? What, what changes might be coming come next year? So the divorce agreement, if it is an agreement, because uh, so there is a divorce judgment and there is a divorce agreement. These are two separate concepts. And a uh, divorce judgment cannot really be changed because it's already final. With regards to an agreement, agreement by its definition is a voluntary instrument. Uh, so parties can always change the agreement uh, because it's up to them to change it or not to. Uh, now, with regards to, for example, enforcing that agreement, uh, I think it may be possible under the new law to, to enforce the uh, that particular agreement, if it's being breached, for example, um, relying on the new law, and that's an enforcement of the agreement. And as part of that process, for example, if there is any need to for clarification, 
uh, on the agreement. Um, I can see how the courts will entertain uh, these kinds of requests on the new law. Furthermore, if uh, the agreement needs to be changed and the parties are on board to change it, they just want to make sure that they have a proper legal framework to rely on moving forward, that certainly will be considered as a kind of a, a new event and therefore will be um, I can see the courts will um, take jurisdiction or uh, over over these kinds of aspects of a of a divorce, uh, not so much. But remember, these are all related to agreements. Uh, if there was a judgment, then that would be a separate story, and that will not be uh, appealable, at least uh, in a, in an ordinary sense of the word. Okay. Thanks for that, Ludmilla. Um, let's stay with family law. Message here saying, seeking legal advice anonymously. In 2018, my wife took our one-year-old son for a holiday to her mother's in the US. I would often message asking for updates, pictures of our son, which she very rarely shared. June of 2019, I received her last reply saying she would... Uh, She'd be skipping a trip um, I'd planned for their return to Dubai. Since then, she stopped replying to my inquiries all through COVID, birthdays, um, any other US-related incidents I heard on the news. Skip forward to November 2022. I got a letter from a lawyer's office in New York with some official documents asking for my cooperation to sign them and get them notarized from the Dubai's US embassy. Um, as my wife is renewing our son's passport in my absence, the letter asked me to mail everything back by the 15th of November, which I missed. I feel the schedule made it impractical on purpose. I've tried contacting her about this only to find her US and mother's residence numbers have been disconnected. Only my WhatsApps get delivered, but not read. I have been patient all this time. After the lawyer's letter, my family and friends are passing on awful thoughts about losing child custody, alimony on divorce. I'm really confused on what to do and what not to do. What a, what a situation. I'm so sorry you've been going through this over the last few years and it does sound like it's all come to a head in the last month uh, with that four-day turnaround in terms of paperwork. Miller, as we've been hearing throughout the course of the afternoon, divorcing incredibly emotional and complicated and financially involved when you're both in the same country. But what if your partner is in another country? What advice would you give to this listener, this dad? Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's a very difficult situation. But ultimately, right now, the relationship between the spouses and uh, as parents is in somewhat of a limbo. So there is no divorce, it sounds like, because the letters from the lawyers uh, do not relate to any kind of a resolution of, of their relationship on the legal front, but rather uh, with regards to the, the renewal of the passport. So it's a very different kind of a matter. Uh, so it seems that the relationship is still not seems that, but it certainly is the case that the relationship is still assumed to uh, be um, as it was before, the status quo. Uh, so in other words, there's no, there's no final divorce. There's not even the filing of a divorce. Uh, and so in, in this way, this, this needs to be resolved. Uh, so if you live in the UAE and your wife and child live in the US, you need to um, find an official resolution to this status of your relationship. Because ultimately the mother, just because she's a mother, cannot take away your child and deprive you of your parental rights. Uh, and in the US, this will never be, uh, this or in any other jurisdiction that I know of, uh, will not be enforced. Uh, and, um, and in fact, it may even borderline on kidnapping. Uh, because that would be a definition of kidnapping when one of the parents takes a child and, and then cuts all contact uh, without a court order. Uh, so there's a number of legal issues that I see, uh, but but as long as you are not doing anything about it, uh, perhaps this is how your wife is getting away with it, uh, because you're not filing, for example, a kidnapping request, you're not, um, you're not filing any kind of issues to resolve custody, you're not filing for divorce, so something needs to be done. You need to, there's a call, a call to action, so to speak. So what I would recommend is that you file 
proceedings, perhaps at this point best in the U.S., so though uh, it may be also, you may you may claim, claim jurisdictions in, in Dubai as well, in the UAE, but since your wife and, and children are there, you ultimately would want that uh, decree to be enforceable in the U.S., so I'd say the U.S. is a better place to start since they're there and now they have jurisdiction. So I would file for jurisdiction, and as part of the jurisdiction, you can decide one of two, uh, one of two options. Either you file for divorce, and as part of the divorce, you... Uh, set out the the custody um, relationship, and it, as is the case in in many other countries, there will be 50-50, and there'll be some visitation rights that you either can agree uh, voluntarily or amongst yourselves, or the court will help set out uh, a framework. Uh, so that's one way. That's a divorce with the rights to cust of um, a framework, perhaps, for custody. And the other way, you don't need to necessarily ask for a divorce. You can just set out a custody relationship or custody agreement. So that also is possible. Uh, and that can also include financial support and alimony. So without a divorce. Um, so it's, that's, um, those are the two options. And but I'd say under the circumstance, perhaps the first one would be better, which is the, 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 the final, the divorce, all around divorce and all around resolution of financial and custody relationships. Emma, thank you so much. Um, it's, I literally spoke to a psychologist this morning and just said, you know, what's coming to clinic? And she said, well, good luck getting a, a marriage counselling appointment right now. It feels like there's an awful lot of family law issues going on. And emotional issues as well so thank you for the support that you offer in this area and um, thank you for joining us from the states today always appreciate your time we have had a number of messages asking for your full name and where to find you it is Ludmilla Umalava and you are there at HPL Malava and Pluka in person and online as well where you offer up some brilliant resources wishing you safe travels looking forward to having you back on our sandy shores and we'll talk again next week Ludmilla Malava always an absolute pleasure you're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are broadcasting live from Roxy Cinemas here at Dubai Hills Mall and uh, delighted to be joined now by Kevin Spasson. He's a media consultant, independent journalist and something of a film buff. Now, Kevin, I always try to wait until National Day before the Christmas tree goes up. And it's always one of those expectation versus reality type situations where my husband's like, do you really want me to help? Do you really want the kids to help or do you just want to do this by yourself? <laughs> I was like, no, I really do want the kids to help. Um, so but we did it yesterday and then we put on a Christmas film. And this is, this is the decision. It's the what is the film that sets the tone for this festive season? And for us yesterday, it was Arthur Christmas, which I love. Which kind of goes against my normal nostalgic you know proclivities I'd rather have something that I grew up watching but there's a whole new breed of amazing Christmas movies so we're going to take a little trip down memory lane but I want to know for you what what feels like Christmas when you watch it so I'm going to go a bit a bit on the darker side on this oh, one nightmare right yeah you guessed it right so everyone says is the nightmare before Christmas a Christmas film really yes like it's obviously Tim Burton and clues in the name, right? It's a nightmare before Christmas. But for me personally, I feel that that's, that's the film for it because mm. there's something pretty whimsical about that movie. And when it comes to the actual season itself, I think Christmas is full of whimsy. And it's a nice way to end the year. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's either that or the Home Alone movies. Because I grew up <sighs> on the Home Alone movies. Me too. I'm, now, what I will say is, yeah. you know... As a parent, there is a very specific pain in being excited about your child watching some of your favorite films and you watching it through their eyes going, 
actually, this is a bit rubbish. Or you're watching them going, they're not reacting the way they thought it would. Home Alone still stacks up. Absolutely. I mean, like, I associate the most with the Home Alone films because like, I share the same name as the protagonist, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my parents always made a joke, yeah, maybe we should leave you at the, oh, in the house when you go, no. go on a holiday. No, and, no, no. Uh, I, I truly enjoyed, uh, I th- I th- while Nightmare Before Christmas is like my special film, it's my special go-to film, the Home Alone movies for me were like, it's the American season, right? It's the American holiday season, and we got to see that mm-hmm. on the big screen everywhere else in the world about how that, the that's quintessential American family lives and goes on holiday. I mean, how they afforded that house still, Absolutely. still remains a mystery. Yeah. Um, the greatest gift I, I've had in recent years is the Home Alone house Lego. Yes. Oh, my oh. days. That kept me busy for quite some time. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like an insight, isn't it? Because that felt so exotic. When he's sitting there making that ice cream sundae, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine having that in the house or having pizza delivered like we never had pizza delivered as kids and then to see yeah. to see this guy with like it was it was total escapism um, but it really because the silliness of it that's what still translates now so, so fun fact uh, with the Home Alone films a lot of the people obviously back in the day in the 90s over here when we didn't have so many cinemas mm-hmm. uh, we got we obviously like people like myself got like access to movies through tapes and VHS I can't believe I'm saying we used to uh, in the in the KFC bundle we used to get tapes of what movies you, hang on slow down yeah in the KFC bundle yeah you so get KFC, a VHS. KFC used to actually package movies with their meals so you used to get like either a Jackie Chan film or you used to get something I, I so Home Alone for me was where I saw it I saw it on tape for the first time okay I, I'm Anyone who has been in Dubai as long as Kevin Spashin can remember this, message us on 4001. Is this a thing? Is it a figment of his uh, imagination? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so, okay. I wouldn't, we've got Nightmare Before Christmas. What yeah. else is on your hit list? So, Die Hard, of course. Of course. Uh, you, can't, you can't obviously uh, negate... Uh, Nagatomi it, Plaza obviously it's like it a, is a Christmas movie it is a Christmas movie I don't care what people say because Die Hard for me is like the ultimate Christian action blockbuster mm-hmm. and funny I should mention that because that's actually one of the films that's actually one of the new films that's releasing right now mm. over here as well this is Violent Night which has been described as yeah. Die Hard meets Home Alone absolutely like what if Santa himself the man himself literally comes uh into the real world and tries to save a family and he's trapped with a bunch of no good well evildoers or some very naughty people it's a it's a great concept and i've got a bit of a vested interest in this because my sister-in-law is worked on the movie and she's like it was a blast to make so um, i think that's that's actually showing now at roxy yes um in terms of kind of going down memory lane elf is like weirdly a lot older than i thought it was yeah um so Elf is always on our list and the kids absolutely love it. And Elf the Musical is coming to Dubai. We are I am excited for that. I'm booked. Yeah. I am booked. We are going to have some uh, some tickets for that on the show hopefully to give away um over the next couple of weeks because it's going to be um it's going to be coming very soon, 17th. Amina saying, I don't remember KFC, but we used to get tapes with Pizza Hut, Care Bears and My Little Pony. Was this a thing? Yeah, it was a thing. What? Like, we used to get either cartoons or movies, and we had a choice between, like, four movies that were appearing in the season at the time. And during those tapes, when we played it back, you usually actually get, like, an ad in Arabic. <laughs> if it's either Pizza Hut or KFC, and it had a little jingle to it. And, like, 
the annoying bit, however, of it being a free movie mm-hmm. is that that ad played four times <laughs> during the movie. <laughs> during the movie, at very climatic points, because when they edited it, they just put the ad wherever they could fit it in. So you have this very cliffhanger scene, and then suddenly, oh, it's the new KFC. <laughs> just around, just around the corner. Just around the corner. Let us know your festive favourites. Um, we'd love to hear from you on four zero zero one. After the news, we are going to be figuring out exactly what you should be watching over the coming weeks. Lots happening here at Roxy on the football front. Um, they are showing every single match here at the FIFA World Cup um, on every single screen. So you can be going platinum, uh, you could be reclining with a blanket, and you can, of course, be going to Roxy Extreme, which is the biggest, the biggest screen in the Middle East region. It's the biggest two tennis courts. I mean, saying, yes, the Pizza Hut ad. You're taking people back in time, Kevin Sebastian. <laughs> Let us know some of your favourite festive films. What have you been showing the kids? What's been resonating with um, and what hasn't just kind of took the test of time you're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station this is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8 loving your messages on your favourite festive films we have had Home Alone of course from Dan Polar Express from Fathea I love Polar oh, Express yeah. Kevin Sebastian's with us this afternoon as we talk about some of our favourites but also what's on the big screen as well I like now please don't judge me for this I sometimes find Christmas a little bit sad and I quite like having a sad Christmas song on and having a bit of a cry and I quite like a sad Christmas movie as well so if, you've anyone, if anyone has recommended tear jerkers on the festive front let me know um, we've had a message here and this is because you often come on the show to talk about tech um, Khaled's asking about projectors and I think this is a really good question we had a great camping trip a few weeks ago where we um, wasn't me it was a techie friend put a sheet upside of his car Put on, um, put on a film for the kids, and I was like, I must. I completely forgot to ask. But Khaled wants to know about recommendations for good home movie projectors. Any insights? Right. So I swear by three brands: uh, ViewSonic, BenQ, and Anchor. Anchor more so because they have the Nebula projector, and the beauty of that is it doesn't need a power source. It's powered oh. by battery, which can run for three hours, and it's a beautiful 4K projector. So this is great if you're going like for camping and stuff like that. So like if you want to like take the movies with you, you can. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the Nebula projector is pretty cool in, in the way like it's how sharp the m- image is. And you just have to obviously get a nice little screen to go with it. Um, price point, she said nervously. <laughs> so <laughs> they do have multiple price points depending on how clear the picture you want or how big of the battery is. It varies really. So it can go anywhere between two to 7,000 dirhams which is pretty standard for a projector of that class. But then you charge your friends. Absolutely. <laughs> you make little tickets and you, you can you, make a little profit. Set up a little cute cinema, charge for the popcorn. Exactly, sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what's happening right here. Um, we've got some really, really big films coming out very soon. There's a huge amount of press around Avatar at the minute. Um, Kate Winslet um, doing some interviews over the weekend, which I was reading, saying that she was traumatized by her experience filming Titanic with director James Cameron and it would take quote an awful lot of money for her to work with him again well guess what she is there in the new avatar the way of the water so um must have been a titanic paycheck to get her to get her back absolutely. there absolutely seven minutes I believe is that it yeah like I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken it's seven minutes um of diving and filming as well because a lot of the sequences that you will watch in avatar uh, a movie that I'm genuinely excited mm-hmm. for is that they did a lot of the motion capture with real people underwater. Wow. So it's a mass. This movie's taken 10 years, almost 10 years to make. And one of the biggest things that I'm really, really excited for is like 
while the first movie was a technological marvel in itself it was a real milestone yeah. movie it was a, it was a it was a moment in kind of cultural history absolutely um the pandemic for me specifically on a mental front changed everything because now we started getting movies and streaming mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of people were not very averse like they were very averse to getting to the cinemas until now I, abs I absolutely yeah. agree and now we're starting to see this brilliant boomerang effect but I feel like yeah. it was only when for me the new Top Gun came out where I thought I have yes. to see it on the big screen yeah. I needed that movie experience exactly. and this is keeping that momentum going I hope with the exception of Avatar like Top Gun not even the Marvel movies because I know I always come in and say that the Marvel movies are great as a superhero like a superhero geek or nerd Top Gun Maverick for me is the movie for 2022 mm -hmm. like it was purely a summer blockbuster defined. total escapism I was yeah. grinning from start to finish and you know, my goodness, when you think about the technology available in terms of the enormous screens and Dolby sound, we need—you're never going to get that. I mean, I saw—I yeah. saw someone them um, talking about watching it on the plane. I was like, "Watch it on the plane? Are you mental? What an absolute waste of a cinematic I mean, experience!" I mean, it's very thematic to watch an, a movie about planes <laughs> on a plane. It's a bit but, too meta yeah. for me. I'm like, no, I want to—I want a big screen. I want to yeah. feel like I'm in it. And I think Avatar is exactly like you're not going to get the same experience. Absolutely not. Home. And it's coming in IMAX 3D. So remember the last time we wore those really big goggles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking forward to wearing that again. Obviously. I don't know with my glasses now how it's going to be. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm truly excited only for like the actual reason beyond that. I'm always looking for films to keep pushing yes. the limit on immersion and storytelling. Because let's face it, like Avatar, while it was great. Um, the script was terrible. It Sorry, was, James Cameron. It was Space Pocahontas. Yeah. Technically. So, so it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens it now. Will, it will be very interesting to see kind of where, where things have moved to and, and where our expectations are. We're not yeah. that easily impressed anymore. Not anymore because we have flooded with content. Like even Marvel is having a hard time right now mm -hmm. with, with their movies. But Black Panther is good. It's not as good as the first film. That's what everyone keeps saying. And obviously, Chadwick Boseman was a monumental actor. Incredible. Yeah. In terms of what's currently on, having a quick look around us here at Roxy Cinemas, um, no, it's really interesting because She Said is out, which is based on the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Now, this is yeah. tanked in the US in terms of visitor numbers, which apparently is very undue. Apparently, it's very, very, very well done. Kerry Mulligan, who I think is an incredible actress, obviously telling a very upsetting but worthy true story. But I feel like we're getting quite a few... I guess quieter films at the minute. At the menu with Ray Fiennes, um, and then also on the kid front, um, there's, there's some. Now this is my kind of go-to with the kids. If I'm feeling a little bit tired, yeah. I'm like, and we'll go to the cinema. Mummy will have a liter of Diet Coke in the dark, and you can sit quietly. Um, Super Furball is out, which looks brilliantly silly. But we've also got um, some things coming out very soon. Um, Puss in Boots is coming out. This is yeah. Puss in Boots from Shrek, right? Yeah, from DreamWorks. In fact, it's the same Puss in Boots that you know, the one with the very cute eyes and uh, <laughs> the killer spirit of course and, and Antonio Banderas's character take on the character um, I can't believe they're making another movie actually uh, but then again DreamWorks does hash out an animation film or a straight to TV kind of a movie and the last wish kind of looks like this might be the final Puss in Boots film okay. and uh, from what I've gathered and what people are obviously talking about DreamWorks are right now making something called this their cinematic universe which means like there's a lot of busy times for animators in that studio and uh, this is definitely going to be like a children's romp for this winter holiday. Um, a message here from M saying, my favourite festive is the new one, Spirited, with yes. Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. I'm going to watch it tonight. Yes. The Christmas tree is now up. I'm going to twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. I've got some of this um, mulled cordial from Spinney's. I'm like, brilliant. 
and um, I'm going to get a cheese board <laughs> and watch Spirited because apparently it is a bit Greatest Showman meets Christmas. Yeah. This this sounds like a happy time indeed. So for you, Nightmare Before Christmas, absolutely top pick. Obviously top pick. And then in terms of what's coming in the cinema, I think Avatar is going to be the one to watch. Will it smash the visitor numbers that we saw for Top Gun? It's the big question. Yeah, I, I honestly think that last time there weren't so many movies within that same year mm. when uh, Avatar uh, actually came out at the time. But now, think about it. Black Panther is running as well. Like A lot of the movies are running on top of it. So Avatar, if it does, good on James Cameron because this is a two-hour, 45-minute film. So it's a long one. So if you miss it, if you miss a scene, uh, I guess you can do yourself a favor and watch it again. <laughs> I think I might not be having my liter of Diet Coke if it's nearly three hours yep. long. Um, Kevin, for anyone that does want to check your um, Instagram out, find out more about your tech, the projects you're working on, work with you, of course, what's the best way of getting in touch? Uh, you can look me up anywhere on the internet on Knox Voyager. That is <laughs> N-O-X anywhere, Voyager. Anywhere on the internet. I'm really fascinated to see how Avatar's going to go. Way of Water. As we said, Kate Winslet working with James Cameron for the first time since Titanic. Will the script be better than what we said Pocahontas in space? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But I can tell you what, if you want to see it on a big screen, it will be here at Roxy Extreme. They have got the biggest cinema in the MENA region. It's the same size as two tennis courts, reclining seats, wireless charging and some seriously good snacks. Kevin Sebastian, always an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. We'll catch up very soon indeed. And keep it here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.